whenever this next normal becomes the reality for people. And I think for some, we're moving towards that. Um, and, and what does that look like? It looks like work, uh, organizational culture, how we, how we do business, uh, what choices we're making for mm-hmm. ourselves, for our families. So there's a lot, there's so many layers to it. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast, brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier, so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now... Here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hello, Kev Kayat here. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver. Brought to you by Yachtman, the virtual events platform 100% free to nonprofits. And PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Thanks for tuning in. Just to be clear, you are actually the Nonprofit Problem Solver. As host, my job is to extract from our guests the practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action. This is a recording of a live event hosted on the Yachtme platform. Did I mention it's 100% free to nonprofits? Find out more at y.yacht.me. That's W-H-Y dot Y-O-T dot M-E. Join me on these live events every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Register at yacht.me or nonprofitproblemsolver.com. You can find me, Kev Kyatt, at kevkyatt.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Join the Nonprofit Problem Solver Club on Clubhouse and the Nonprofit Problem Solver Facebook group to get all the latest practical, tactical advice on being the best nonprofit entrepreneur you can be. Check out my coaching programs at nonprofitentrepreneur.com. We don't have a crystal ball to tell us what to do over the next year to reemerge from lockdowns and other COVID restrictions. But we do have with us today leadership expert Heather Wolfson, and she talks to me about what these situations really demand from us as leaders. She tells me how to get a good perspective on what's happened in our nonprofits during the pandemic and how to use that information and all the learning to prepare us for leading into whatever the next normal looks like. Here we are. It is live nonprofit problem solver podcast. This is episode 38 and I'm joined by Heather Wolfson. Our question today is how do I lead into the next normal, which we'll get to in just a minute. Just wanted to say thank you to uh, Yachtme, the virtual event platform that we're using for the podcast. Always 100% free to nonprofits. Uh, So something to look into for your next uh, event, uh, certainly for its virtual capabilities. And also to uh, PodPro Audio, uh, Glenn uh, is uh, the producer of Choice. Uh, if you want professional podcasting, so Heather, how are you? Good. How are you, Kev? All right. Well, is it sunny San Diego this fine morning? See, everybody thinks it's always sunny in seventy-two, but it's actually overcast and a little dreary today. Uh, right. Well, um, I, I could tell you're envious because I am like day six of consecutive sun here in the UK. So that doesn't often happen. Um, so it is, uh, it is, it is genuinely remarkable. So I am remarking upon it, uh, in, in any case, um, 
tell us a little bit about your background and your uh, experience in nonprofits and uh, where people can find you online. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, Kev. I know we've been planning this for some time, so I'm so, so thrilled and honored to be here with you. Um, I am Heather Wolfson. I'm currently the CEO and lead strategist of Maven Coaching and Consulting, um, a firm that I started um, in the last couple of years after nearly 20 years working primarily with nonprofits and senior level positions. Um, I've been in nonprofit organizations that have been around for a hundred plus years. And I even started um, an organization with a dear colleague of mine. So I've had many, many years in the nonprofit field and have always been fascinated by the people piece um, and leadership. And uh, I encourage you all to follow me on Instagram at Heather underscore Wolfson, where I post a lot of musings and ideas and mm -hmm. concepts that I've developed over the last several years. And um, wanted to share too with listeners and viewers that um, I'm going to be offering a free webinar on June 15th. Um, I'm calling it Here I Am, Reset and Recharge for Summer and the Next Normal, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, that's excellent. And is that, um, is that a, uh, did you say you said that was a free webinar? Free webinar. And will there be a replay available? I, I am working on how that's going to happen because it's going to be a very interactive webinar. So my right. hope is, but we'll see. I might just offer it again. Right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to keep, uh, keep mindful. And, and I noticed on, on uh, Instagram, because we, we do follow each other and comment on, on stuff, is, uh, is your tag leadership strategist? My tag is, is how, leadership strategist. Right, that's, okay. how, that's how I'm leading. Uh, right, okay. I'm not just a coach. I'm not just a consultant. Um, I do my own kind of research and thinking, bring my own kind of techniques and uh, theories uh, and frameworks to, to the mix. Right. So a little okay. bit of everything. Well, I think, I mean, that's, the, that's in a sense the essence of leadership, isn't it? I mean, there's no, there's... There's always in any bookshop. There's always this massive uh, uh, section in the business aisles. It seems you know if there's any sort of uh, business section. There's a, a, a several shelves full of leadership texts, and uh, you always sort of feel like the headlines are shouting at you to to do this or to do that, as though there's a uh, uh, one one answer or some magic bullet. But it really just isn't like that. It's just there's there's it's a multifaceted uh, experiential. Uh, type of thing, leadership, isn't it? First of all, I love all the books. I'm I'm a book junkie, as you can see behind me, and that's only like um, maybe like one twentieth of the books that I have laying around my house that all have. Meaning, I thought one of those said blueberry muffins. So I would no, anyway. Those are those are leadership books. Um, but uh, right, lots, yes, lots of leadership books. Um, so I love to learn. But what I love to do is read them and then interpret for myself, okay, what does this actually mean to me and my work? And how can I use a little bit of this um, to inform something that I'm doing or put a couple of different ideas together? Uh, my big thing is understand it, then apply it. And okay. we, we, we are growing, learning human beings, right? And we have lived Ideally. experiences, hopefully, hopefully, right. hopefully. Right. <laughs> we have all these lived experiences that then inform what, you know, what we take away 
and I always say it's like the best practice is when you're rolling up your sleeves and you're in it. And that's where I learned over the last 20 years in nonprofits. Yeah. So that's interesting you say that because when you, when you say um, learn it, then apply it, um, it. The first thought I had was um, that you often learn by applying it. There's a certain amount of intellectualizing and, and understanding the concept in order to get started. But really the learning surely is in its application. You know, in its application and watching people around you. I actually think some of the best learning are when people are doing it a way you don't like it or, um, or role modeling in a, in not the best ways, right? Cause you can step back and say, wait, that doesn't feel right. Or that doesn't seem right. Mm. And here's how I might do it differently. Um, so yeah, we, we learn from being in it as well. But sometimes yeah. it's nice to, and this is where I go, is sometimes it's nice to have validation or uh, a more deep understanding around where does this come from, right? Like, is this neuroscience? Is this psychology? Um, human development theories. So that's where my brain goes. Yeah, there's so, I mean, again, there's so much around, I feel that there's, there's, there's so much around leadership. And I think we had this conversation we, we've mentioned in the past, we've spoken about it, that um, uh, the question of management as opposed to leadership management is somewhat neglected uh, because it's leaders who um, are buying the books. So we write, we write about leadership. Um, but in all your reading, I just want to sort of pin, pin you down a little bit before we jump into leading into the next normal, because we have to unpack what we mean by next normal. Uh, but I, I'm interested in your take on uh, leadership, because I, I think it's such a big area, as we said, it's multifaceted. And, and I know that I use in my practice a couple of different angles uh, at it, depending on the context. And, and, and so I'm just interested in, in what you've uh, sort of gleaned from your reading and where you're arriving at. If someone says to you, well, what is leadership or, or how do I be a leader? So it's sort of open, hard to, if not impossible to answer questions. What's your approach to that? It's like the million dollar question, Kev, right? Because I feel like as I have more uh, so, it's no, so when you answer, you don't get a million dollars. That's, no, that's, no, no, <laughs> not for me anyway. It, it would be nice, and then I would donate a yeah, to a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what is leadership? You know, I look at leadership very broadly. Some people just take leadership in the context of a workplace environment, but I actually mm -hmm. think it goes much broader. Uh, there's leadership in your family life. There's leadership within friends. There's leadership in your service in your community. There's obviously the leadership that happens in the workplace and, you know, leadership on a team, right? Like a, a, a sports team. I talk sure. often with my son about leadership and how it's showing up on the soccer or football, whatever, wherever you're listening from field, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So that's, that to me uh, is, is it, it needs to be defined much, much more broadly than just what happens in the workplace. Management is what happens in the workplace with leaders. Yeah. And then I would say in terms of leadership, um, it's, it's about how you show up for others or how you show up for the work. Um, it is where your intentions are. It's how you model. Um, and it is, it is, a level of being proactive versus reactive. So I look at it from a multiple different vantage points and facets. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. So in, in a sense, 
it's it says it's because it's um, ubiquitous. This need for leadership in all aspects of our lives. Uh, actually, I think the 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 definition itself is narrower, even because of, because of its breadth of application. That, as you said, it's how you show up, and it's your level of intention, and I guess it's your uh, momentum, directionality ar- around that. Uh, yes. And you can sort of take leadership in your own life because we know people who are too passive about what happens to them. Uh, and we, we often talk in situations that are uh, less than ideal, that they're, they're caused by a lack of leadership where they persist through a lack of leadership because they're not getting resolved. Uh, and so that sort of forward momentum and intention is is really what we mean because even – so you and I could be uh, tasked with leading uh, an organization out of a mess, for example, and we would choose different paths and go in different directions, maybe diametrically opposed, but we would both be exhibiting leadership because we show the intention and directionality of what we're trying to do. Is that is that a fair summary? Absolutely. And I would say, you know, so it's I about get vision. The million dollars you get the million dollars, but it's also about the vision, right? You just touched on yeah. it without yes. saying it, right? A leader holds some level of vision, a some, some level of like a North Star, uh, grounded in deep values. They understand their values and how those will show up and manifest in the world that's around them. And that shows, I think, uh, another word that we, we don't hear a lot about anymore, <laughs> it seems, is, is integrity. Uh, in the sense that if you are in touch with your values and that informs and defines your vision, you're unlikely to shift that vision willy-nilly. You know, you're not going to show up at a management team or leadership team meeting and go, okay, forget what I said last week because now we're going to do it this way. Or you're not easily persuaded by you know, someone that you sit next to on a long haul flight who suddenly changes your mind about everything and you show up, okay, guys, we're going to go and do it a different way. Um, you know, and we've experienced uh, people who are, you know, in senior positions, we will call them leaders, it was small L, uh, who, who, who can behave that way. And, and it's frustrating because they're not, in, they're, they're not in touch with that, that. They don't have the integrity that, that gives continuity to their vision. So I d- yes, and I think it's the pendulum. And I think part of that also is around the confidence that they have within their decision-making, right? I think as a leader, you have to be confident and grounded enough. I- I'm okay if somebody shows up at a meeting two weeks after making a decision saying, I don't think I made the right decision. And I'm going to fall on my sword on this one. And I know how it's going to impact it, but you're naming it. You're not just showing up and saying, and I've made a different decision today, right? The wind, which way is it blowing, right? Right, right, right. No, we're not. I actually think integrity is much, much deeper in the sense that you, you know who you are and what you stand for and you lead with that. And I know it's a word that isn't used so often, but I feel like I've been saying it a lot the last couple <laughs> of weeks to a couple of clients and colleagues. Um, I I know somebody who's leaving a job um, because the work that she's being asked to do is going against her, her core values, her integrity, and they're having a parting of ways. So um, I think if we can be that grounded and and stand firmly on that foundation, um, it, it helps to inform, again, how we show up, how we make decisions. 
Um, you know, our visions don't change. Like we, we learn this. Typically, our visions don't change often, but they do evolve. They, they do, our, yes, certainly. Right. Our missions change. We know that from mm-hmm. even nonprofit work, right? Our whole oh, yeah. goal is to, to go out of business, right? That I love right. talking about nonprofits. Like, let's go out of business, right? Like, yes. let's set yes. a goal and go out of business. Or we have to change our mission. So, um, so that's my take on integrity. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right in in that integrity also informs how we recognize and uh, respond to our mistakes. Uh, that, I think that's that's uh, that that's pretty critical. Okay, so we're I think we're clear that leadership is not about a uh, job title or a position within an organization as such, um, but really about your level of intentionality, uh, directionality, where where you're trying to go and why. And that being in alignment with, with, with your values and who you are. That you beautiful. Done. Okay. Mic drop. Excellent. Right. Now, next normal. Mm. <laughs> this is now this truly is a million dollar question <laughs> because uh, as you know, I, I remember when I started this podcast in April of twenty twenty, um, it, it was really just hitting hard and, and here we are, you know, more than a year later. Uh, and and we're still just in in some places uh, coming out pretty stridently uh, of of lockdowns and 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 COVID and other places you know returning or or sort of you know waiting for that turn of events you know so it's it's highly variable um, you know it, and and people are uh, I think sort of um, faced with a number of uh, conundrums and questions about what the next normal is really going to look like. I, I think it's important to acknowledge that in in some countries, right, the next normal is beginning to happen and 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 rapidly, and that in some countries they are in the thick thick of the COVID crisis. So I just you know the 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 spectrum is very very wide, mm-hmm. and nobody thought. I mean, look, March twenty twenty. Uh, uh, I got off an international flight while, you know, Europe was spiking. Uh, I returned to to California, and uh, it won't happen here. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. And then, you know, school shut down, the the city shut down, but just three weeks. Don't worry, people. It'll just be three weeks, right? And and we made, I think, the word. Um, that has been used often is these major pivots within our work, within how mm-hmm. we, within our rhythms. We've had a massive reset. Organizations have had resets. Uh, people have had resets. Family units, friend groups. There have been. It, it has been kind of the global reset. Um, how you know? However you want to define that. And here we are, a year plus later, saying wait, I just got used to this pivot, this shift, and now there's going to be another one, right? This next normal. And we're never going to return to what was on, you know, January 1, 2020, right? That that whatever life looked like then is not necessarily going to be the life that we're going to see um, whenever this next normal becomes the reality for people. And I think for some we're moving towards that. Um, and, and what does that look like? It looks like work, uh, organizational culture, uh, how, we, how we do business, 
what choices we're making for mm-hmm. ourselves, for our families. So there's a lot, there's so many layers to it. Yeah, I think from a, from a nonprofit perspective, there, that, that is how, how we have to look at it in these sort of sections or dimensions. There's changes to the work that we're doing, the level of need, the types of need, the way we respond to the need. And then, of course, there are these internal uh, differences about what, who our staff are, where they are, how we deploy our resources, how we connect with our donors and our partners. Um, and, and it's interesting because the, the question I, that sort of lingered in my mind as we so thinking about uh, our, our topic today is that most people who are asking themselves how I lead into the next normal have had to, for better or worse, lead through <laughs> from the old normal to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's sort of uh, once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> or, you know, some people, well, we've all had different experiences going through it. And and uh, in, in terms of leading to the next normal, those have to come to bear, don't they, on how people approach it? There's no question. And leading through, we've had to lead through. We've had to persevere, right? There's, there's, there's so many different pieces to what also entering this next normal is. I want to acknowledge, particularly in the nonprofit space, the the people that I've been in touch with, my colleagues and clients, have are, are also hitting a burnout point. Everything has had to shift. Head down. Let's get through it. Let's address. What I've been encouraging people to do is wait. Come up. Get off the dance floor for a second. Join me on the balcony and say, what have we learned over the last... 15 months, 18 months, however long it'll be. What have you learned? What have you shifted? What's changed, right? And I think about nonprofits like as a three-legged stool, right? You've got programs and services. Mm-hmm. You've got fundraising, right? To ensure that those programs and services happen. And then you've got your infrastructure, which is your people, right? Your staff and kind of your internal infrastructure. And all three of those things are important. Right. They have to be they have to be balanced. So if you look at each of these areas and say, what did we do? How did it help us? How did it hurt us? And what does that mean when we enter this this next phase? So, for example, there are some nonprofits who never completely locked down because they were doing client service work. They had to provide meals for those um, who are food insecure. Right, but they may have had to do it with less volunteers or less dollars, right? Or, or logistically, in a very different way, in exactly. order to manage infection. Yeah, right. Then you have organizations who went completely remote and didn't see each other for the last fifteen plus months, right? And what did that do? Engaging with our donors, nonprofits. Many of them didn't have the gala the big run walk and those were done events were done virtually we we didn't have our lunches with our major donors but we were able to connect with them over zoom what did that do for relationships so every nonprofit every organization will see what worked and what didn't work and that has to help to inform what the next normal is going to look like yeah there is and it's a great point because there's a lot of experience to rely on you know, certain things stopped altogether. 
uh, certain things uh, just went slower because they had to be done in a different way. Uh, certain things went faster because, oh, we didn't have to get together. We can do it remotely. Uh, and that works That works actually better in some cases. Uh, some things were smaller. Some things were, you know, they changed in, in, in nature. And so, so uh, people have had actually quite a lot of experience of dramatic change in the last year that they have to leverage in looking forward. Absolutely. Do you think that people are less focused on certainty or, or expecting of their leaders and leaders of expecting of themselves uh, less, um, uh, what's the right word? It could be confidence, I guess, about being right. You know, in other words, are people a bit more relaxed about, well, we don't really know, we clearly can't, See the future in the way that that it's that we that we we could have expected or anticipated of ourselves in the past. So now we got to be a bit more relaxed about that. I, I think it's a, a bit more relaxed, but intentional, right? It, I, I think that's been my mantra: be intentional, use some data, use use some intuition to help us. But it, it it's this notion of uh, I used this yesterday in a in a conversation. Pre-pandemic, when we were doing strategic plans, it was like, we want to do a strategic plan, but it, we want it to be like really our business plan as well, right? For the next three to five years, what is, it, what is our business plan? And right. now it's more like, wait, let's have a framework or a roadmap, which will have some guiding principles and some buckets that we want to work in. But it's very hard for us to sit down and build the true roadmap of what this is going to look like. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you mentioned strategic plans because that, that was a huge shift in the middle of 2020. Organizations decided, well, we can't continue with this process or we're going to abandon it altogether or, or suspend it because we now need to do scenario planning. And, and we're really looking at scenarios A, B, and C over the next 6, 9, 12 months. And that's as far as we can see if that, uh, never mind the three to five, year situation. Now we've cycled through those six, nine, 12 months scenarios. We are better informed, but I'm not sure organizations are really uh, looking to um, uh, open up that, that three to five year window again, uh, anytime soon. I would say 18 months right now, right? That's, that's my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> and that I think is even really being generous, right? Yeah. Um, I would say even focusing it in six month chunks is, is what's really important. Um, you know, who knows? I, I do think we will be back at a point where we are going to project three to five years out. But I think what the pandemic has taught us is that things can change in a minute, in a millisecond yeah. Yeah. that will rock everybody's world. And I keep saying, um, We've all been in the same ocean, on the same water, just in different boats with different passengers over the last, you know, 15 plus months. And, you know, what passengers need to be on the boat and off the boat, uh, what size boat are we going to be in for the next six months or the next year? Um, I think right now, before we start planning and going too far into the future, again, it's that what did we learn and how will that inform, I would say, the next year? Yeah. So, so keeping the time horizon modest 
And, yeah. I, and I think, you and know, flexible, it, it, flexible and, and nimble. And flexible. Yeah. Because, you know, it, you know, I use the three legged stool analogy a lot too, and you know, in, including the board uh, members and, 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 and partner organizations. And it's interesting is the, is in, in amid uncertainty, when there are lots of options, different choices to make, uh, you, you could see it's a recipe for lots of uh, certainly debate, but also also disagreement. And and uh, leaders often feel that they've got to um, take a very firm stand and create that consensus in order to get the 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 alignment in the organization moving uh, together. And this, this no matter what size organization uh, you are. So, um, are we in a situation now because of uh, these variable uh, uh, emergence from lockdown restrictions and, and opening things up again, but possibly with some risk of, of reverting back and, you know, sort of sort of up in the air. Are, are we in a situation where it's harder for leaders to create that alignment in their organizations? I, this is the, it depends answer, right? It depends on the organization. You know, I'll, I'll tell you in March, April, when things in, in 2020, now I have to preface it, in March, April, 2020, because right. uh, it's been that long. Um, I was hearing a lot from kind of like executive director, CEOs, that either their board and, and or board chairs were really involved and it became their, you know, it, it, it became all consuming because it was a distraction from what was going on in maybe their own personal businesses or yeah. whatnot, uh -huh. or the board and the board chairs totally checked out because they were consumed with what was going on within their personal businesses and personal business lives. Um, yeah. And it created a lot of dissonance and uh, discomfort. Um, you know, some board chairs and boards were projecting their own fears for their own work onto the organization, different industries, different, yeah. Yeah. you know, different mentalities, different leadership. So I think uh, true colors began to come out in, in both positive and maybe some negative or challenging ways. And, and the board piece of all of this is, you know, who has really stepped up to support the organization? How do we look at that? How do we see, you know, who, what type of pipeline work do we need to do to support, you know, building, building that leadership? And this is where the partnership between the CEO and the board chair or the executive committee, however, is going to be critical. Alignment there is going to be where it all starts. And or falls it, apart. It's, it's it always depends. the most important relationship in a nonprofit, isn't it? Look, nonprofit work is all relational. That bottom line, you're in relationship with your board, you're in relationship with staff, you're in relationship with your clients, you're or the people that you serve, you're in relationship with your donors. It's all relational work. And I actually think that this last year proved that we had to do our work, our relational work differently. But if you haven't been doing relational work with the board, you've had to amp that up over yeah. this period of time. Yeah, and these and the, these these questions that we're we're talking to uh, we're talking about now in terms of uh, managing uh, the 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 changing environment in these dimensions and looking at uh, 
which relationships are working and not, and so on, uh, apply to all leadership styles. So the leadership style is not really, I don't want to say it's not a useful thing to be thinking about now, but it's sort of, um, it, it's sort of beside the point. <laughs> anyway, no matter what your leadership style, you you still have to be thinking of of a shorter time horizon and you know leveraging the experience of the last year in positive and negative. I mean, these things matter no matter <laughs> what type of leader you are. Is that is that right? Or have uh, I got that yeah, there's wrong? there's a leadership style, right? There's here's who I am, right? And you can take any. Uh, framework or assessment and you can be you can do your Myers-Briggs you can do your strengths finder you can do your disc and you can do anything and know what your style is and that helps to inform the people that you work with board staff etc how you how you might show up especially how you might show up in stressful times right Mm -hmm. um but that just is informative in terms of how we work together, how we might be able to communicate better. Uh, so that's one element of style. There's there's one adaptation, by the way, of leadership style is that actually we have the ability to have be in multiple styles. We just have a default, right? right? It's yeah. like yep. I'm my I am right hand dominant, right? It would be like taking my pen and moving it to my left hand learning how to write my name or sign my name and saying, okay, like I, I can do it. Right. It's, it's the spectrum and I can operate within this spectrum. So, um, so style is also adapt adaptive, right? Yes. It can, it evolves. Yes. It's it's a dynamic thing. It's a dynamic thing. So it's, it's, there's like the, the, the practical that we need to get into right now um and and i go back again to i love that you brought it up the integrity the values understanding what the vision and the mission of your organization is and making sure that the work that you're doing you're you have a bit of like a rubric that you can go through to say like are are we being true to our mission are you know are we able to accomplish this yeah, so it's style it's, and and the way it gets applied. Yeah, it's things. not it's not actually that. Re- I mean, it's what I'm thinking is that uh, you know uh, 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 an executive director uh, listening to this will be thinking, oh, how do I lead into the next normal? Do I need to adopt a different style, or what's the what's the response for from for my style? You know, well, we can do a little quiz and go, here's my style, therefore do this. And it's not it's not really a plug and play like that. And and I love what you say about returning. Uh, with integrity to the mission and values, because it it's it's almost like saying, don't make it, don't overthink it, don't make it more difficult than it needs to be. Just go back to the the core basics of why we're here and what we're trying to do, and look at it, you know, closer to home if necessary. Only go six months out. What is it you need to do <laughs> to get to meet those objectives in the next six months? It's not worried about all these other things that can prove to be distractions. Yeah. And here's the other piece. I'm going to bring my friend Simon Sinek into the mix because I love, I, I love um, the framework of the why, right? Yeah. The yeah. why is our mission, or actually I would say is more of our vision. Why do we do what we do? The how is our mission, right? So 
if you know Simon, he says, you start with the why, you go to the how and the what. Yeah. The what may change for our organizations. It may have already changed. It may change as we move into the next normal. But we got to remember why we do what we do and, and how we do it maybe might shift, might get tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to look at it through all of, again, the lenses. Our, our programs and services might remain totally the same. Or maybe, a uh, perfect example, an organization that actually offers professional development. I, I train for them. Um, professional development for nonprofit managers, leaders, etc. Completely went from an in-person classroom training model to virtual, right? Totally virtual. Yep. And they have this beautiful classroom space that hasn't been touched in all of these months. And they're thinking about reopening, but they've had more participation from people on virtual because you're not you're not out of the office for four hours, you know, driving there, doing it, coming back. They're they're able to log in from their desk. They do the two hour training and they're done for the day. Um, And they can go back to work. So I've been talking to them. So what does it look like? Maybe you do some in-person to build community in that way. Maybe you you do more intensives uh, in person and you do more high, you, you do more of these one-offs in a, in a virtual manner. What, what yeah. does that look like? You know, time of day. So these are all things that we can say, look at what we learned and how do we shift and tweak how we um, how it then gets presented in this next normal? Yeah. So quite a little shift here. Do you think the uh, what we've covered, the ground we've covered, is different if your organization has transformed beyond recognition? So, for example, it's doubled in size because of the the need that you serve, or it's or it's halved, or you know, it's a fraction of its former self. Or even merged uh, with 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 another organization, or been swallowed up, or swallowed up others, uh, in, in terms of some consolidation locally. Um, and so you got different dynamics and different people. Maybe there's been a dramatic shift in the board membership. Uh, now these are these are things that leaders might expect to anticipate over the course of a career that have been condensed into this um, period of rapid change anyway i mean as a response or as a or as a part and parcel of that change how is what we're saying different for leaders that find themselves in in those circumstances i i don't think it's that terribly different because we still need to ask ourselves why do we do what we do how do we do it and what do we do and we still need to know we as a leader what our values are what um what is our integrity what is what is our gauge now i actually believe and i don't have a crystal ball that the tale of covid19 and the last year plus is going to have a very long tail in the nonprofit space we saw that in 2008 with the, the recession here in the united states we saw that after 9-11 as well here in the United States. I don't know the trends globally, but typically they're in close alignment. So we know that the, that the nonprofit world gets impacted longer. So I'll give an example. Uh, 
organizations have been doing a lot of social service work, human needs work during this time, right? Mm -hmm. Also saw a large increase in donations during this time to scale up services. But we don't know in a year if those dollars are going to be the same. So do you change your infrastructure as a result of that? Probably, you're probably not going to do that just yet. Right. right. You're going to find right. creative ways to, to scale. Now, organizations who found themselves in the opposite, where funding has been hard over this last year, the question becomes, well, how do I re-engage with donors who haven't given? Why isn't this cause resonating with people? Are there new earned revenue models that we should be looking at? Or is it, is it time to pivot? again, for the, for the organization. So I think we can begin to ask those questions during this time. Um, but again, we're talking about that narrow horizon. Uh, yeah. We know mergers and acquisitions have started in the nonprofit field and will likely oh, yeah. continue. And we also know that there are so many nonprofits, right, doing a lot of similar things. So, you know, where does partnership and collaboration come into play as well? Um, so again, I don't think it changes fully how we lead. It's just the questions we need to be asking ourselves. And again, it's going up into that balcony and not just head down, you know, pushing through. Yeah. And I think, so I, I like this idea of the, the balcony and looking at taking the big picture, but also uh, not addressing questions that are too big or too far in the in future because we just can't see. So it's understanding what that, true horizon line is so you don't want to focus just on the small immediate questions you have to look a, a bit further you got to do some some visioning and some some understanding what that actually is but not so far that it becomes you know a, a total guesswork and speculation and then it's right. not really you know value uh to anyone uh, so it's, right. it's managing that well we need to especially as things begin to open up and depending on, on the, the model, right. And the service that our organizations are providing, there's a lot of internal work we're going to have to do with our staff, right. That, that, that's the piece that I keep coming back to is we've probably done a pretty good job at stewarding our donors during this time, serving our clients to stay relevant during this time. But what's going on internally? How, how's the staff doing? Uh, mm-hmm. organizations w- that have been able to operate with everybody working from home. Um, what does that look like when you're telling people come back to work after you, they've been at home for 15 months? Why yeah. do they come back to an office? What is the right. purpose of being back in an office? Is there comfort with letting people work remotely? Uh, are we now saying it's quality of work and working towards deliverables? And mm-hmm. outcomes and saying, you know what, nine to five is no longer the way we're operating. Um, or or even locally. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, uh, I know, you know, if I'll just take one standard uh, position, which I know not many nonprofits uh, struggle to fill is like a, it's like a chief financial officer, for example, mm-hmm. or vice manager is constant and, and development directors too. Uh, short uh, lifespan uh, in any organizations, there's a lot of churn in those roles. Uh, in in I guess just about any metropolitan area, uh, you know, think across ac- across North America. But why 
uh, you know, um, do you need to have somebody who is even in your time zone necessarily if they understand the the work and 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 the rules? Now there might be some state certifications you need uh, in in some cases, so there's some some geographic limitations, but they're not like you've not not like commutable distance considerations. The, the, the thing that I keep thinking about is our human capital pool, our talent pool for filling jobs has expanded greatly if you're okay with people being remote, which is going to make the job market a little bit more challenging, right? For people trying to seek out jobs. But now organizations can hire talent that might not be willing to, you know, live in that city, but be able to provide their skills, talents, knowledge to the organization. This is where I'll tell you one pain point lives sometimes between the board and the CEO. One, you know, one entity might say, no, you need to have a staff who's showing up to an office every day, right? Right. We have people that we need to serve. And one might say, "Mm, I don't think so. We can do it differently. Um, And then, you know, it also begs the question of the people who have to show up, who have to be there to unlock that door, and right. the people who don't, and how do you how do you build a culture, an organizational culture that is adaptive, it is flexible, is accommodating, you know, and and that is that's going to be the hardest piece in some in some cases. Um, I don't yeah, know, no crystal ball. Well, yeah, it is difficult because you can't have. Um, it's a bit it's a bit like uh, the way schools have struggled when they've had the hybrid models of having trying to teach kids who are right there in the classroom with you, as well as kids who are following online. It's two different modes has been really, really challenging. And, and some some obviously education professionals would say impossible to do to do both. Well, you're sort of doing both, you know, suboptimally. And uh, we do need to think about how we're supporting staff and the culture of an organization if we've got some staff who are only there virtually and therefore have no uh, you know, physical proximal contact with people that they work with um, versus those who, who, who do. And you end up with, a, I think, well, <laughs> there's, no, there's no other word but hybrid culture. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the question that I would be asking is what is the purpose of bringing staff or, or bringing people into a workplace for your organization? That's question number one. And depending on how you answer that, there's a number of different factors, right? We carry these huge mm-hmm. overhead costs to keep the lights on in a building, right? right? Um, maybe we're down. But they have to be no more than 10% of donations. Right. But, you know, but, maybe, but maybe this is a way to reduce overhead costs a little bit yeah. for an organization. And maybe... We're, we're doing shift those to salaries. <laughs> that would be a gift, right? For our nonprofit pros. But yeah. maybe what we're doing is team Tuesdays, right? And team Tuesdays means that everybody's coming into the office and all we're doing is teamwork on Tuesdays, right? And yeah. collaboration and, and, and then the head down work, you know, the computer-based work happens at home, right? So I think we have to start asking questions under we kind of have to be our own sleuths our own detectives right we have to think more in questions and not in this is how it's going to be because again we don't know we don't know 
So I think that the, the sort of two themes that I'm getting out of this conversation, which I've really, really enjoyed, is um, flexibility on the one hand, in terms of how far in the distance we're, we're looking, in terms of how we're managing relationships, how we're managing all aspects of running our nonprofit, uh, from donor management, board management, program management, staff, uh, and so on, and how we're looking at our resources, uh, partnerships, and so on. But at the same time, uh, when we, why don't we adopt this word? Why don't we use it? Integrity, which we mean alignment with our, our core missions, our why, both personally as leaders, but, but, but corporately for the organization as well, uh, and tie those two together. So, so have some flexibility about how you, um, about the how and the what, as long as you're consistent with that why. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it has to tie to everything, all of those components that you touched on. And I do believe that there are going to be creative solutions. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, where we have, sometimes we learn and grow when there's discomfort. Uh, well, we have to learn and grow discomfort, right? Or and in some cases, learning and growing is not as, is not always, you know, fun and full of joy. Uh, we're sometimes forced to do that. And I, and I think the other element of leadership now, hearing myself say this flexibility, integrity, is we also have to give ourselves permission to not have to do it all at once. It is piecemeal. It's, you know, one step at a time. I'd rather see people do this. What I advise my clients always is do one thing really well. Just do that one well. And that, you know, and model what doing well looks like and then move on to the next. You'll always have another problem. There's always, it's, you know, the work never goes away, you know. It is also giving yourself permission not to have all the answers right away. Right. And then not having to do all the work. Uh, we can't do it all at once. Uh, you know, it, we, we use the phrase multitasking. Oh, I'm multitasking. We're never actually multitasking. Right. I'm not, you know, multitasking. Right. I'm doing one thing, but not, not well. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm doing one thing while else. thinking about all the other things right. I could it, be doing. It's just, right. It's, it's <laughs> just the reality. So it's giving yourself the permission to say, I'm human. I'm taking it one step at a time. I'm going to lead through, you said it so beautifully, integrity with my values, I'm going to be really clear. And we as a team, as an organizational team, and I mean that broadly, donors, yeah. staff, board, volunteers, volunteers, yeah. what is our why, you know, be, continue to be grounded in our purpose. And then, you know, you take it one step at a time. And I would say where the board can be really supportive of the CEO is to say, what are our priorities? rank them and, and start at the top. What are the first two most important priorities that you need to tackle? Is it people coming back to work and, you know, fundraising? Great. Just focus on that and do that really, really well. Again, it's quality over quantity in my opinion. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I think really the, the element of leadership is, 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 is framing the discussion, the way you ask these questions, the way you allow them to be answered. Uh, which itself, of course, shows some some flexibility. But having some structure around that, again, which is you know shows intent and forward momentum, but not necessarily having all the answers. Uh, we're all human. It's still an ultra marathon. It's going to take a long time, but we don't stop and 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 sit around being complacent because it's going to take a long time. We still have to keep taking one step at a time. Yeah, and you just 
you know, to tie this beautifully back to the beginning around leadership, right? The leader is the one who asks the questions, who sets a tone, who's, you know, I used this phrase earlier, who could fall on their sword and say, mm, made a wrong decision, mm -hmm. right? We need our nonprofit leaders to, to show up and be real and, and ask the questions, provide the guidance and create space for voices, for yes. all the voices. I think that's important too, right? So, and yeah, and so, and part of that is is not is leaders not expecting themselves to have the answers, as you said. So they they want to hear those voices. So it's really, you know, we came down to it, you know, with that flexibility, integrity around setting and managing the agenda, how we how we ask the questions, how we find the answers, and how we arrive at some uh, decisions about the 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 step by step that we're taking. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that sounds good. All right. All right. Well, easy. That was fun. Yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> the million dollar checks go to, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that was lovely and wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I feel I'm like so I really learned something. It was a really, really good run through some, uh, lots of things have been, um, flying around in my head. I'm sure, uh, millions of, of others. So, so thank you for helping, uh, bring some clarity to it. Well, thanks for having me. And you know, all of this is unknown. Right. We're just here having a conversation about what we think, and it could all be very different in six months from now. And we just got to keep reading, learning, uh, asking those questions and, and being in conversation like this. Yeah. And as, it's, as you said, nonprofits are all about relationships. So maintaining, continuing those relationships in an, in an open, positive way uh, goes Absolutely. a long way to uh, uh, making progress. I agree. Okay. So let's remind everyone where they can find you online and uh, about sure. your uh, webinar on the 15th, I remember you saying. Absolutely. Good memory. Um, so you can find me on It was within Instagram. the last hour, so I'm okay then. <laughs> God. Find me on Instagram, Heather underscore Wolfson. Um, you can also find me on online, www.mavencoachingandconsulting.com. I do have a free webinar on June 15th. Uh, I'm calling it Here I Am, the Reset and Recharge for Summer and the Next Normal. We're kind of going to look within ourselves, set some goals um, so that we are mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually preparing um, for what's to come. That's, uh, that's excellent. If people want to contact you directly, they uh, connect with you on Instagram and, and work through the DMs. Is that the most effective that's way? That's great. Or you can um, find my email also on uh, my website. And it's me. You get me either way. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, joining me. This was uh, episode 38 of the Nonprofit Problem Solver uh, podcast. And we are uh, live on Yachtme every Wednesday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern uh 8 a.m <laughs> pacific uh, and uh, and so we'll see you next week thanks everyone thanks for listening to the nonprofit problem solver podcast my guest today was heather wolfson who you can find at www.mavencoachingandconsulting.com and on instagram as heather underscore wolfson this podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at Pod Pro Audio. 
making professional podcasting easy. Go to podproaudio.com. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.